Welcome back to Trending in Education. Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford, back with you. And on today's episode, we'll talk about crypto amnesia and more. Mike, how are you? Do you remember how you're doing? I'm good. And just to be clear, it's cryptomnesia. Oh, sorry. There, there's not, it's not crypto amnesia. It's cryptomnesia. So uh, cryptomnesia, multiple discovery, uh, some interesting concepts, uh, particularly if you're trying to understand the zeitgeist, trying to understand who comes up with a new idea? How do you get credit for uh, coming up with a new idea? Uh, I thought were interesting uh, ideas uh, for us to talk about, uh, and hence, uh, hence we're we're having a bit of that kind of conversation. Uh, Brandon, any uh, what's 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 happening in your neck of the woods? I think it's necessary to say that I felt like I had this idea, <laughs> and then only to find out, and we have like email evidence of this that yes. that in fact you had this idea, but. Uh, in a in a in a in a manner that is uh, speaks to this very show topic, um, I think that uh, that can happen at any time with any subject. And Mike, the uh, uh, the correct pronunciation as you gave there, cryptomnesia, uh, defined as a couple of different ways, but from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, is the idea that uh, the way our brain works, the inadvertent uh, copying or relaying of a thought that you had previously heard. So forgetting that you had heard it and then presenting it as new uh, to a new group of people or, or on a paper, or uh, I've likened it to stand-up comedians, I think probably suffer from this in a large majority. Uh, but is that a, a fair way to sort of categorize this topic? Yes. And it comes up a lot uh, within the context of plagiarism. So right. like if somebody's or like intellectual property. So like somebody comes up with something, acts as though it's their own. Um, cryptomnesia is a documented psychological phenomenon. So the uh, American Psychological Association, the APA, does talk about cryptomnesia as a thing. That said, I do think it's a bit of an excuse. So like when you're caught uh, pretending to come up with something, it's easy to claim cryptomnesia so it's like oh uh yeah no what had happened was i heard that a few years ago and forgot about it but now you know turns out i want to credit the original uh inventor discoverer of the idea um but i just thought it was an interesting topic for us to talk about as we try to you know spot trends and identify when uh new ideas are emerging in some ways it almost argues for not the first time an idea is identified. It's more when more people start to identify it in parallel. Uh, in some ways, cryptomnesia and then multiple discoveries, the other related idea, I think they, uh, they signal that an idea is bigger than like maybe like a one-off or, or the concept of a singleton. Yeah, agreed. I, I also think um, uh, there's a question of intentionality here, right? Like, and this is to your point where it can be used as uh, as an excuse, mm -hmm. um, but discerning that intentionality is really difficult. So, I, one of the things just in in reading through this article, um, you know, it, it says a couple of times like all basically everything that's created is borrowed in borrows from something in some way, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, e when you're thinking about the some really fresh piece of writing, like all of the words in it are borrowed, right? Like yep. maybe it's ordered in some way or like maybe it's uh, reminiscent of some, you know, some other piece of work, but does, you know, borrows from it in a new and novel way. And that's seen as like, that's seen as, uh, as excellence in, in one's craft. Mm 
um, being able to tether back to things that exist in the zeitgeist. Um, but uh, you know, when it's when it's sort of word for word and unattributed and willful, I guess the willful part is the really is is the really hard thing to measure. Right. Right. Because this cryptomnesia suggests that there are things that are picked up inadvertently and that you really truly believe that you came up with it. Right. But you can also go and plagiarize knowingly, right? So it's right, right. I mean, it's interesting to to try to figure out how you discern intentionality. Yeah. I think that's a that's an interesting thing just in our moment in time right now with all of the way that you know fake news and you know when you're posting something that you believe to be true turns out to be false, are you a bad actor versus posting something you know to be false? Mm-hmm. Like I think all of this is sort of in that same general swirl. Yeah, agreed. And it's the same idea around like uh, you know TLDR too. Like it's like and first you know like so first like that's my idea. first i came up with it first even if it wasn't as well thought out like i got out first therefore i win you know so like when speed beats depth you know like that frequently uh is sort of the age that we're in where and like if you can curate something like position an idea out there in some ways you're elevated in that process and then cryptam cryptomnesia I still think it's almost like kleptonnesia, you know, cause like the etymology is interesting, but like, it does feel like it's almost like an unconscious theft of an idea. But I think cryptomnesia is a more gentle way of putting it. Um, but to me, it also speaks to the, uh, the very fundamental problem of journalism that we're facing nowadays too, where it's like, what is journalism? You know, like, is it, is it writing a good headline and getting the most clicks or is there a level of depth to, uh, to sort of the narrative and the positioning that you can put out there? Um, I just think we're in a very interesting time. The other uh, related trend on the journalistic front is uh, I've been following Seth Abramson a lot, uh, who's now positioning himself as a curatorial journalist, which Mm -hmm. is really more about, um, curating mainly through Twitter, but through other formats, other people's posts and content and how that's actually like an emerging uh, capability, but it's not actually like creating novel ideas yourself. You're more like packaging and positioning the ideas of others. Yeah. But I think that's a real, that, that is a real thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you think about like the place that that is most evocative for me is in museum shows. Right. Sure. Like you're not like a museum curator or someone presenting a show is not herself creating any of the art, right? But she's organizing it in a way and, you know, with sort of a a spatial experience for the viewer that is telling a novel story or is telling a specific story. And so I think there is creativity and art in that very exercise despite the fact that like the actual pieces are, mm-hmm. you know, not hers. I, yeah. And that's why to me the the concept is really interesting. Cause like it's the, there's the notion that creativity is a singular activity and that I, like the individual who comes up with the idea owns it versus the idea of creativity in sort of the modern era, like our contemporary times is more about sort of assimilating and co-opting and combining the ideas of others. And I think that's, that's why cryptomnesia was an interesting concept for me to, to stumble onto in that, like, it's, I feel like it's almost holding people accountable to like an older standard of like, my ideas will be sort of 
de novo in my own mind. Like I will just generate these ideas independent of any other inputs. And I just don't think that's how the mind actually works. So I feel like the almost over ascription of ownership to ideas and inventions um, is like a natural human. Uh, it's the way we tell the story. Right. But I don't know if it's as beneficial to our understanding of what creativity is, what inventiveness is, like how do you sort of break old molds and come up with new ideas? Um, I, I, think I, think that's, I think that's right. I think there's, um, there's a continuum, right? Where like we, if you take uh, some truly novel piece of artwork, let's say, as one end of the spectrum, it's something that's clearly been created by someone. Mm-hmm. And at the other end of the spectrum, you take something that is just straight plagiarism. So you've got a fourth grader who has a, a, a book report on uh, the Battle of Gettysburg, and she turns in just the Gettysburg Address, just word for word, right? Like No quotes. No quotes. Just like that's the, for word by word, that is the entirety of her book report. Yeah. Like that feels like intentional and plagiaristic. Yes. But what if she takes all of that and then says, you know, this is real deep, right? Like she, she has a, just, a, just a tiny dollop of her own um, commentary. Right. Does like, at what point does that become actually an act, a, a work of, of new creation? Mm-hmm. Sure. And like, how are you discerning where that line is? And then how are you discerning intentionality? Because I, what, I, what I continue to take from this is it's, it's the unwitting part, right? So like, we don't know when we're doing this. We really believe, like there was the research study that was, that was shown where they had people create, they had different groups of students, they had people create things, um, and then they had them recall. And like 75% of the students recalled having created that in fact, uh, having created something that in fact someone else did. Right. So unless you got 75% of the population who's just straight liars, right. which may, 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 maybe that's right. Um, it's like there's something that you're this is a real phenomenon like you're actually forgetting that this wasn't coming from you well I, where I, where on that spectrum does that does that line fall i think it's i think you're exactly right brian with the intentionality question of in today's age dealing with what we have what you're doing with that information if you're a journalist or you're a writer uh, or you're a comedian or you're a musician is it incumbent upon you when you have this fresh idea to go and search out if anyone's done it before like is it incumbent upon an author to make sure they're not just, you know, remembering something when in fact it's not a fresh idea or is it incumbent on the editor or is it incumbent on the person buying the product to say, Oh, these are the same. I, I'm, this keeps coming in my brain of, of music. You know, you had uh, Sam Smith and Tom Petty, right? Tom Petty and the heartbreaker sued Sam Smith for his song because it was uh, note for note. Um, I forget. I won't back down. I think well, it was a song that was compared and how do we judge that? And to your point, Brent, how, what's the intention there? Did Sam Smith knowingly write down a song that he knew was note for note, just slower, I won't back down? Or did he hear that when he was 12 and have it somewhere inside him and write this song that ended up being? It's, it's, it's a tough line to draw and, and understanding exactly where, where that is and whose responsibility it is to determine whether something already exists. I, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think we... Um, see if you'll buy this. I'm not sure you will, but by virtue of you, the listener, listening to this podcast, this very podcast, yeah. like your burden of identifying your own authenticity has now gone up. Right. You're hearing from us who have been 
mildly educated on this topic, at least, at least um, that you may not be a, uh, an objective witness of your own acquisition uh, and then production of call it content um, that you may actually be plagiarizing. Right. And so I think the onus is now even more on you to make sure that you're not doing that. If in fact you care not to do that, or you just have like really hone your argument about how the act of plagiarism is in fact a, a new form of creation. Yeah. And, and I think that's right. And also how much time needs to be spent uh, reference, referencing prior right. ideators too. So like there's a point at which, you know, I was looking up the list. If you want to just uh, get some kicks, uh, look at the list of multiple discovery on Wikipedia where you realize, uh, you know, over the last 2000 years, just about anything that was invented some or discovered anywhere was also invented and or discovered in somewhere else right about the same time, which to me is an indication that the ideas are ready and it just takes several of us to be playing with our head up to be able to identify, hey, this idea is new and exciting. What's interesting though, to me nowadays, getting back to your example of the, the third grader, is if she's a thinkfluencer, and she has a lot of followers, right. uh, suddenly her idea is more important than the kid whose parents are raising them off social media, no following. Uh, so the only people who hear the, the, the kid who's not in the social formats are the kids who are in the room. And then if ultimately the thinkfluencer uh, that's a word, right? I, it is now. Kind of a word. Hashtag. Make it up or have I may you heard have, it? I may have kleptomnesia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but like the idea that once somebody of quote unquote influence promulgates that idea, suddenly it catches fire. It's a trend. We're talking about it as, as a concept for, for, hey, this new emerging thing is happening. I just think it's interesting to, to think about that, that history. Because even, you know, if you look at it like, uh, sometimes the people who are credited as inventing something are just part of like a really compelling narrative. Like I'm sure Benjamin Franklin was a really sharp guy. I'm, sure. I'm not, I'm not beefing on Ben. Yeah. I, I, you know, he's among my favorite bills. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, the hundo. Right. Also known as the Benjamin uh -huh. the titular. Which, yeah. But I would say the fact that Ben is credited with like the lightning rod and he, I've heard maybe he invented electricity too sure while he's did. at it yep. just because he's, he's sort of, and I'm sure he was, a, you know, again, uh, the, the Franklin Institute, please, please don't come at me. This is like, you're just, a, this is straight Ben Franklin. I, I'm just right I'm basically beefing on Ben. Yeah. It's, it's Mike beefing on Ben, <laughs> but, uh, but, but it is interesting where like it's, it comes back to the concept of the narrative. If you can right. find like a good protagonist, a good sort of uh, poster person for a concept, and people want to get behind that person as the inventor. It's like the discovery, the, the photos of the actual black hole that came out a couple of, a couple of weeks ago is a very compelling story of a, a woman researcher who kind of pursued it. And then she became sort of the, the person associated with actually seeing a black hole. And that became very timely, you know? So, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to beef her either, but it's the idea that like, Spitting fire on this episode. <laughs> there's like there's curation and uh, sort of constructing of narrative that happens in anything that even even is purported to be purely factual in nature. So uh, I guess I'm more fired up about this than I thought. This I, was this was exciting. I guess so. so I I like the thought concept uh, just quickly here about um, 
producing a piece of written work, let's say, mm. and footnoting every single word. Right. Like thanking the contributor, yeah. like this comes from the old Germanic. My kindergarten teacher, Miss Lacone, taught me. But no, you got to go way back. You got to go way back yeah, right, to right. like to the to the so proto human and the Visigoths. Right, exactly. Yes. I, I thank the Visigoths, like MLA style. I yes. can see it here. Yes, but like it would have to be, you know, to this the point of carrying it out to to absurdity. Like basically everything is borrowed in some way. I mean, right. I'm sure that there can be a counter example that can help prove the point, but right, right. you know, basically everything is borrowed. And so, um, you know, I, I, I like the idea of, of a word by word uh, citation um, where the, and then you have to have to footnote the footnotes. If you're not using words uh, in those footnotes that uh, you know, that are footnoted elsewhere, it's, it's going to be an infinite, an infinite loop. And I'd love to hear, I agree. And I'd love to hear what it's like to be a college professor yeah. or like a high school teacher grading papers or like how do you even address like a book report nowadays gotta There's, thank the chinese for the pen it's true i think they invented the pen that's true yeah it's true but like yeah so dan bring us home what, what, well, what you I, I think one you're seeing a lot of technology try to aid teachers right so your question about plagiarism there are a lot of websites that will let you run documents through it to try to see if it's uh, cited correctly and, and gets it there but i, I think the entire conversation is interesting and makes me think of things I've thought were my own joke or my own idea or my own, um, you know, social media posts. You see, you see it all the time on Twitter. You're talking about the Thinkfluencer, which I, I did find many Thinkfluencers in the world by Googling it. But um, you think of that and you see on Twitter all the time where someone makes a joke and then someone else, do they steal the joke and then just get more interactions with them, more likes, more retweets, and thus they go viral? Or did two people have the same independent thought and post it to Twitter nearly at the same time, and just one person got more interactions. And so I think it's a, a, a petri dish of this sort of discussion of whether or not there's plagiarism or cryptonesia, or if in fact it's just multiple discovery happening at the same time and going off uh, to social media. Mike, I, great topic, one that's going to make me rethink uh, things I've written in the past, things I've said in the past as well. Any final thoughts from you on uh, the topic and how this may play forward uh, as we discuss uh, a variety of topics here in learning in 2019? Yeah, just on a personal level, I wanted to fess up. Uh, I did a little research and I saw Jomo has been around since like 2011. Oh no, Jomo. Yeah. So I came up, I'm going to view it as multiple discovery. Mm. I, don't, I don't think <laughs> I saw that Jomo was out there. I think it's also replacing fear with joy is a smart move. So like if there's anything that starts with fear, Think about replacing it with joy and maybe you'll, maybe people will think you're a good. Cape joy. There. Does that work? Cape joy. Cape joy, Cape fear. Yeah, that, that works. Yeah. It, all, it all works. Uh, but, uh, but then the related thing is FOMO, negative, JOMO, positive. I thought it was a good idea, but uh, so did uh, Katerina Fake apparently. Although now that I'm reading this article, her name is Katerina Fake. Her name Fake, is Katerina so, Fake. So basically my point Lies is, upon lies. You can't tell what's, there is no truth. That was basically my, my, my final take. There is no truth, but cryptomnesia is a fun word and uh, feel free to use it liberally. There is no truth. That's one way to end the episode. Uh, we're with you every Tuesday morning right here on Trending in Education. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Trending in Ed, the same on Facebook, trendinginteducation.com. I'd uh, love to hear from all of you. Share this as well via your social media platforms. Uh, over on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a comment. Love to read those and uh, share them here on the show and share us with a friend uh, whenever you have an opportunity. Again, this is Trending in Education. Thanks so much for listening.